I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. As of today, our Metro Council is made up of 40 members. 35 of those council members serve their districts, and five at-large members serve countywide. That number, 40 members, makes our Metro Council the third largest city council in the entire nation behind Chicago and New York. The size and effectiveness of the council have been debated for as long as the council has existed. But now there's a new wrinkle. At the start of the state legislative session, Republican Majority Leader William Lambert introduced a new bill that would cut the number of Metro, Metro Council members in half. Democrats have called it retaliation for voting against hosting the Republican National Convention. This has become a theme here in Nashville's recent years. Tension between our state legislature and the metro government of the state's capital city. Here to help us put this in context is Nate Rao, reporter for Axios Na Nashville. Nate, thanks for being here and welcome to This is Nashville. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you being here. So, you know, how tense are things right now between the state legislature and the city? I think it's as tense as it's ever been. Um, mm. It's more tense than it's ever been. We have, uh, there have been disagreements in the last few years between city leaders and the state. And as you just mentioned, it reached a crescendo last year with the debate over whether Nashville should host the RNC. And now you have this proposal from Republican lawmakers to, you know, cut the council in half. What would you say was the big turning point in this relationship? Was it the Repub the RNC coming here or something else? I, I look at that question at like a macro level and a micro level. Okay. At a macro level, I see politics having become so much more divisive than they used to be. And you have an increasingly partisan state government and an increasingly partisan city government. Hmm. It's only been in the last decade that Republicans assumed a supermajority in the legislature. They took the uh, governor's mansion in 2020 or 2010, excuse me. And I, my re reference point is when I started covering the city in 2007, uh, there were maybe 12 to 15 council members who would identify as conservative. It's, these are nonpartisan races, but that's how they would describe themselves. Mm -hmm. Now there's three or four. So you have that natural juxtaposition of increasingly toxic political environment, more conservative state government, more liberal city government. And then at a micro level, to answer your question, for, for me uh, and my coverage, where it really boiled over was in 2020. And that was when uh, Nashville Chancellor Ellen Hobbs Lyle, one of the most respected judges here in Nashville, mm -hmm. voted to allow uh, vote by mail uh, during the pandemic. This was a big debate. And it angered Republicans who disagreed with her ruling. And the first reaction was to file a bill to possibly remove her from office. Mm. That incensed Democratic leaders here in Nashville. They thought that was just such an egregious overreach. And the the result of that was they created a new system for hearing uh, state government-related lawsuits, which is you have a three-judge panel that considers these lawsuits. So there are certainly other examples. Um, there have been disagreements about affordable housing. There have been disagreements about uh, non-discrimination ordinance for city contractors. And that's where it really came to a head, I think. Do you think the state's reaction really made relations worse between the two entities as far as how they tried to remove this judge from from the bench? Whether or not it made it worse, 
I don't know, uh, but I do think that it crystallized these differences. Mm -hmm. And it said, we're not just going to disagree with you and use our bully pulpit and, and you know, engage in these debates in the public forum. We're going to pass laws to undo or, in this case, change the composition of who vo Nashville voters mm -hmm. have voted into office. Now, you mentioned a few just now, but what are, have been some of the biggest issues dividing the city and the state? Yeah, I go back a little over a decade ago. The city council passed a non-discrimination ordinance that required contractors to have protections for uh, groups of people, including LGBTQ workers. The state passed a law that undid that. Um, there was inclusionary zoning, which would uh, have expanded the options of affordable housing that de developers could include in their projects. The state undid that. Um, and... I'm forgetting one or two, but those are, those are two that certainly come to mind right off the bat. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, short-term rentals. That's another mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. where the city wanted to regulate short-term rentals. That's something we all experience in Nashville, no matter which neighborhood you live in. True. And the state has curbed the city's ability to regulate that as well. You know, this we mentioned it, you know, Nashville leans progressive, the state leaning conservative. How much of this current tension is just based on political ideology alone, or is this a reflection of what's happening in the country at large? I think it is a reflection of that. But you, you see that play out in honest policy disagreements. The liberal city council is not going to agree with the conservative legislature on issues like, you know, abortion. They're not going to agree on issues like guns. Uh, but what has the new trend is when the city takes a policy position that is in opposition to the state government, the state un undoes the city's action. Mm. You've been covering this since 2007. Tell me, have things always been this tense? I would say no. A part of that is just the byproduct of the fact that the makeup of the state government and the city government has changed. It's more partisan than it used to be. There's also been lots of opportunities to collaborate. Um, I would say mainly on economic development issues. Mm -hmm. If they're recruiting a major uh, company to come to the, to the Nashville area, you would see whoever was the mayor at the time and the governor work together. After disasters, you know, certainly the 2010 flood, everyone remembers uh, collaboration. So there's uh, obvious instances where they're going to work together. And I think the areas of disagreement have kind of ratcheted up. Mm, that's really interesting they, that the city government and state leaders can come together for economic development and a disaster situation as floods or a tornado. But when it comes to rights to protect people, they're at odds. Now, you know, even with all of this conflict, the city and state are they're capable of working together. What other forms are they working together Case in point with the stadium proposal on the East Bank, right? Yeah, they worked together on that. I, the state, uh, both the governor and the legislature, uh, gave support for that project in a way that it wouldn't have happened without their support. And I think, you know, I think that's one thing that was that is galling to the Republican lawmakers. Their their point, their stance is: you're going to ask us for support on these things that you need. But on the things uh, or the things you want, I should say, but on the stuff that we want, like the RNC, you're going to take a partisan position and say no. Mm. So uh, some of it is an honest disagreement and some of it is just pure partisan politics. You know, looking at the future, what are you hearing about the chance that we'll be stuck in some cycle of retribution between metro government and the state assembly? 
I, I just think everything's on the table. I, I couldn't. There's no, there's nothing I could rule out at this point. I don't know the likelihood that this proposal to shrink the council has of of passing. I think it's notable that it was filed by top Republican lawmakers. These are not backbench lawmakers. Senator Bo Watson, uh, Representative William Lamberth, um, they certainly have the ability to get this done. And that makes me think that there is a likelihood of uh, disagreements between the two spilling into the legislative uh, session and, and, and policy disagreements. What do you think the fallout's going to be just from introducing this bill? I think that Nashville's leaders are going to fight like heck to try to stop it. I don't think they ag agree with it, or in the instances where they do agree that a smaller council might be better, they don't appreciate the way that the legislature is going about it. They would support a smaller council. Look, this has been debated for a long time, mm -hmm. and uh, they would support a smaller council if it came up through Nashville's political system, yeah. if it was... Nashville neighborhood leaders, Nashville council members, the mayor's office getting together. What's the right size of the council? How are we going to handle staffing if it, if it gets shrunk? So I think that uh, the dis there's we don't we think 40 is the right number and there's we think it could be smaller, but we just don't appreciate you going about it in, in this way. Mm. Nate Rao is a reporter for Axios Nashville. Nate, thanks for being here and thank you for your reporting. Thank you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk with current and former Metro Council members about the newly proposed bill to cut council membership in half. Do you think the Metro Council should be smaller? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. When the 113th General Assembly got started last week, one of the first bills to garner attention was House Bill 48 and its companion, Senate Bill 87. These bills would cap the number of elected members of a metropolitan or municipal government to 20. As it stands, the Nashville Metro Council seats 40 members. If passed, the bill would change the dynamic of our metro government and affect how people of Nashville and Davidson County are represented. My next guests are familiar with those dynamics. They are Metro Council members themselves. Joy Stiles represents District 32, and Bob Mendez is Council Member at Large. Council Member Stiles and Mendez, thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Now, we've invited Representative William Lamberth onto the show, but he was not able to join us today. Here's what he told WPLN political reporter Blaze Ganey about this bill to shrink city council sizes. Councils that are smaller than 20 seem to be more efficient. They're more careful with their citizens' tax dollars. They just simply seem to work better. They're better to work with. Now, there's been plenty of discussion about the efficiency. But before we get into that, council member styles, would you like to respond to what we just heard? <laughs> um, it, it seems rather silly. Uh, truthfully, we are a very large body, right? We are 40 members, but we are also representing very distinct districts that have very different personalities. While it is possible that we can represent having a smaller body, Certainly, that doesn't affect our, our efficiency and our ability to communicate with constituents. 
and I, I think that the last thing that he said is the, the most telling mm. is that they're easier to work with. That's a supposition I, mm. that <laughs> you're assuming it would be easier to work with us. I'm curious, what was your reaction when the bill was introduced? Oh, we've been hearing the rumors for months. And truthfully, when we voted against um, the, the resolution back in August, I knew our punishment was a matter of when, not if. Mm. Didn't know what it was going to be. But almost immediately, the whispers of minimizing our size began. Bob, how about you? What was your reaction when the bill was introduced? It was similar to council member styles. Like, li listen, since Metro got formed um, 60 years ago, we've, under any metric you want to use, have outperformed any peer city in America. Um, we've got a great economy. We've got super low unemployment. Um, we never met an economic development deal that um, the city hasn't gone for. Um, it, it's just hard, hard to make the argument that Nashville or the state of Tennessee is suffering um, due to the size of the council. Break this down for us a bit. What is the bill and what would it do to the Metro Council exactly? Well, it, um, it requires that a metropolitan government like ours um, would have to reset the council size to a number no bigger than 20 um, in time for an election about a year and a half from now in August of 2024. So if it passes, um, the city will have to have a referendum between now and then to set council size. I, I think we'd probably set it at 20, um, but it would have to, I think, be up to the voters um, to, to pass a referendum um, in the next year or so in time for elections a year and a half from now. Joy, what else would it do besides cutting the size of the council in half? Um, <clears throat> and there's also been some conversation in regards to uh, term limits, also the possibility of at-large council members, right? We have five council at-large positions, and, and Council Member Mendez is one of them. So that's another part of the conversation is do we lose those additional members? How much do we have to minimize those if we're going to only have 20 districts, it's not 20 across the whole county. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it smaller. I think that's part of the frustration. Certainly, the conversation being had by many council members is like, okay, well then, what are we doing in terms of elections? What are we running for? What does that look like? How do we, how do we move forward? Mm -hmm. And that's going to continue until we see more of what happens in session on the Hill I think, sidebar, I, I wish that we had a, a better opportunity to have conversation with the state when these things happen versus having reactionary moments and conversation to say, okay, really, what is this about? How can we move forward? So there isn't always this opportunity for preemption and, and making such grand gestures, which seem very petty. Is, is that what your experience on the council has been? You know, a lack of communication between metro government and the state? Absolutely. I, when we first came into office, there was an attempt made to have uh, a reception with state representatives and, and council members. And it, it, it wasn't really clear what we were supposed to do. So it kind of just felt like a reception. But beyond that, nothing else ever happened. Mm. So I have spent a lot of time as a council member building relationships with the state representatives that 
are covering my district and making sure that they come to community meetings so constituents know who are your state representatives in addition to your council person so you can understand how this relationship works, how we are able to work together. I think the best example of it was just last week. State Representative John Ray Clemens and I did a meeting regarding TVA and NES and the blackouts that took place in the Southeast. And we did it together. And so people understood what is it that Representative Clemens is looking into and what am I looking into and how do we merge those together so we're a unified front. Mm-hmm. Now, the Council Member Mendez, how do you feel about the structural nature of the bill? Do you feel like it was written well and that there are no structural problems to it? Oh, a lot of a lot of legislation um, at the state, especially at a first draft, is creates as many questions um, as answers. Uh, council member Stiles has mentioned a couple. Will we have at large council members or not? Um, the the law at the state is silent about how exactly we set um, the number of council members, and there are possible dead ends in the legislation. Um, if we have to have a referendum, what happens if the voters of Davidson County reject the proposal about what the new size would be? Um, and 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 like th- that's a dead end in the state's bill, where I think it's um, there's a lot of scenarios, but it would be deeply confusing if it passes. Um, a referendum gets proposed to set the number at um, 20 council members with 17 district and three at large or 18 and two or whatever, and then the voters um, reject it, um, we're, we're going to be kind of a, at a dead end. And I think, um, unfortunately, we, <laughs> we would have uh, a bit of a zombie council where the current body would just have to keep serving until somehow it got resolved. Now, Joy, I'm curious about whether... How, how the council members currently feel about this. Like, would you consider downsizing the Metro Council? Honestly, I don't have an issue with minimizing our size. My issue is when it's being done out of a, a petty response, mm. right? It should be a decision by the current body to determine we think it would be more efficient for us to downsize. And then, of course, to Councilmember Mendez's point, great, it becomes a countywide referendum. We say this is what we would like to do. The county says they agree with it or they don't agree with it. But it's our decision. For the state to come in and just say this is your punishment, it's it's just it's very petty and unfortunate. You know, I'd like to introduce my next guest to the show. Emily Evans is a former District 23 council, Metro Council member who led a move to reduce the council in size back in 2015. She joins us now. Emily, thanks for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. So, you know, you led the move to shrink the council, Metro Council from 40 members down to 27 less than a decade ago. Let me ask you, why do you think shrinking the council is a good thing? Well, to start with, the Metro Council size is what it is because of a political compromise. It wasn't like everyone, you know, sat around in 1960, starting really in the late 40s and going into the 60s and went, you know what the right size is? 40. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, the only way to get it passed was to combine the city and the county. Um, So the number is a fabrication, you know, a construct of the times. The at-larges were designed to, you know, keep African-Americans from being elected in disproportionate amounts, because at the time, everybody thought, oh, well, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, African-Americans will never win countywide. Um, so a lot of its, its, its existence and the way it's shaped is, is because of the politics of 1963. Um, and a lot has changed. 
And I think probably the two areas that we didn't spend enough time on when I was in the council and really couldn't um, were affordable housing and education mm-hmm. um, because the lack of cohesiveness of the body, the lack of body so big, you know, um, that the communication was a problem. And then, of course, the you know, the mayor is is very strong and, and could was perfectly happy to let everybody rezone while he or she worked on issues that were their priorities. What are some of the benefits of having a smaller council? You just alluded to with the mayor having a powerful mayor and having too many council members. Does that weaken the council? Too many council members. And I'm going to quote David Manning, who was the FNA commissioner for Governor McWhorter. And then he was the um, finance uh, uh, finance um, chief for Senator Bill Purcell. And, uh, and he was a mentor of mine and I love and miss him dearly. And he said, I don't care if there are a hundred of you. With 40 members, I can always find 21 votes. Mm. <laughs> um, so it definitely accrues power to the mayor's office and the mayor's priorities. How about the work of the council members themselves? You were a member of the council when it stood, as it stands now, at 40 members. How would a council of 27 or 20, how would that affect, how would that have affected the work you did while you were in the seat? Um, I, for me, not a, not much. Um 23rd district is mostly developed. Um, council's primary role or primary function after the budget is zoning. So it's not that much uh, work to be done. Uh, in some districts, it's tough, you know, it, with really being built out. And and I would say my response is, well, don't run, you know, if it's too much work for you. Because um, you're, 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 it's optional. Nobody forces you to, to the ballot box. Hmm. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour about the bill at the state legislature that would reduce the number of Metro Council members from 40 to 20. My guests are former council member Emily Evans and current council members Joy Stiles and Bob Mendez. Emily was talking about the effectiveness of the council members and their ability to fully represent their constituents. Joy, what concerns do you have? About minimizing? Yeah. So... Really, you're you're talking now about changing how much fundraising you have to do because we're all sending out mailers at some point. You know, you're trying to send out three or four. You're budgeting that. If I'm going from 20,000 individuals, I'm going to 40. Again, I am not upset about being minimized. I do think it would be a good thing. Um, but it, it does add some extra work because now I want to talk about Where am I going to get perhaps an intern? (laughs) How are we going to increase council staff? Because you're going to need more people in the council office Mm -hmm. to be able to do this work to to help us. I think those those are the nuances that we're looking at as we continue to have this conversation. And... Uh, Emily made some really great points in regards to diversity. There is a concern that if we minimize, it's going to affect our districts that have diverse populations. Um, I think coming from the Northeast, which is very different culture-wise, Boston has 10 similar city size, and the very diverse areas have great representation and have taken on all of those. Uh, the numbers are even greater than what we have, and their representation is working. I think it's possible. I think sometimes we get tied to the past and what has not worked here before, but Nashville of old is not Nashville of today. We have so many transplants. We have a lot of different perspectives. And I think any shift or change that we make 
is you're going to hear feedback from a much broader group of people and perspectives. We got some tweets at This Is Nashville asking about why our council has 40 members. And I just want to give listeners a heads up that we will be touching on that more later in the show. Now, Bob, regardless of whose idea it is, do you support reducing the size of Metro Council? I really don't. And it's important for people to understand that um, what council member, former council member Evans describes went on a ballot in 2015 and voters of Davidson County pretty soundly rejected the idea of making it a smaller council. That's not forever ago. It's it's just 2015, seven, seven and a half years ago. The reality is that the current council is 20 uh, is 50 percent men, 50 percent women, um, exactly representative of the community. Um, the minority members um, are around 25 percent, exactly representing what the numbers are in the broader community. And while you can like any legislative body is going to be awkward and uh, difficult to watch at times because that's the nature of legislative bodies will publicly hashing out policy. But again, going back to the starting point, like on what metric has Nashville not succeeded um, during the time of having 40 council members? The reality is that council member Stiles has got 20,000 constituents and every single one of them is able to get a hold of her. As an at-large member representing the whole county, I've got an inside view on what council members are not responsive because they'll call me if their council member is not being responsive. And by and large, at any given time out of 35 districts, there's maybe three districts, four districts that I ever hear from at all about a non-responsive council member and moving government farther away from the people um, when the city has been so wildly successful and um, demographically represents the city well. It just, wh why are we messing with it? It doesn't make sense to me. You know, our, our population is continuing to grow by the day. And as you just stated, Council Member Stiles represents 20,000 people, and it takes a lot. You are representing essentially the entire county. Council members are human beings as well. Is representative burnout a real thing to worry about within the Metro Council? Bob? Um, well, definitely. Uh, I mean, Councilmember Stiles alluded to the fact that we've got um, we've got no no dedicated staff to individual council members, um, and and one of the things that um, is difficult is as a part time council member representing either a district of twenty thousand or a city of seven hundred thousand. Um, it you know it's hard. Um, yeah, you know we all signed up for it, so none of us complain about it, um, but it is, it's hard. We all do two jobs um, and the demands of uh, constituency are large. Um, this is another place where I just, um, with the city working um, well on any metric that you could come up with, um, creating the uncertainty of trying to find a new balance of staffing and what are you going to pay council members and how many staff members and how many constituents and drawing new lines and multiple elections. It all just seems like a lot of friction, uh, you know, not a lot of juice for a lot of squeeze. You know, Emily, how about this question of being responsive to constituents? Do you think a smaller council would fix that? How well, do you think you it know, would affect in, it? In 2015, what we contemplated was staff, because you're obviously going to be paying fewer fewer people, um, which would make it more of a grown-up legislative body. You know, Nashville is a successful city, but, you know, so is Atlanta. 
Tampa, uh, Boston. Boston's a very successful city. And each council member represents about 60, 65,000 people. Um, so, so it would, but they have staff, they have support, and they have research support. And, and that is an easily solved problem. Mm. Now, the people voted against this in 2015. What makes you think that they would accept this idea now that it was introduced in the state legislature? Well, I think as I think one of the unfortunate things here is that the council used to carry with it some prestige for this, you know, for the city. And I don't think that's really the case anymore. Um, Hmm. I, I think that it's. And we don't have local press like we used to, and we don't have, you know, courthouse reporters like we used to. So it's difficult for the for the press to really, you know, focus on the personalities and draw those personalities out and, and really tell the story of government in Nashville. And that's not that's been the case here really for the last uh, last decade or so. So um, so I, I'd say that a, a smaller body will, and I know the Republican legislature is proposing this, but what you're potentially doing is creating 20 very prestigious positions that will make you much more qualified for for higher office than what the council does today. So you would think it would be obviously more qualified people, a little bit bigger profile for the election. More, se- more, it's a more, it'll be a more serious body, and it would reflect, you know, what we see in our, our peer cities, um, which are, you know, again, very successful cities. Um, and and it, would, it would, I think it was, I've thought in 2015, and I still think today, that it was really time for Metro to put its past behind it and, and grow up because it's a grown-up city. Joy, how do you feel about, you know, what Emily said about, you know, having a smaller number of council members, making it a more serious body in terms of maybe respect and perception from voters and maybe other cities as well? Well, thank you very much for your for your points. Uh, I was getting excited over here, so you had no choice but to ask me what my thoughts were. <laughs> because I do think, I disagree a little bit about the perception of council. I think when we started... Well, you're on the council. Well, so uh, right. <laughs> no, but I will say this as someone who is relatively new to serving in the body, is that when we came in, there was a budget crisis where the state comptroller came to our very first meeting and said he'd rather teach Portuguese to a Mill Creek raccoon than take over our finances, but he would do it mm. <laughs> uh, if he had to. And I was like, wait, what just happened? So I think people have, are paying much more attention now to council members than they did in the past because I think in general, people are understanding that we're dealing with the budget. We are literally affecting lives on a daily basis. I do not think that was the case before. Um so I think the prestige element is there. I think it is it is gaining more traction. And if we minimized, here's the flip side to that. And, and again, I, I would not be upset if we were minimized, but the monetary function, right? So if you're able to reach into your own personal bank account and pay for your race or, you know, call a bunch of friends that could pay for your race, that isn't the case for some individuals to be able to raise this new amount of money. Now, it doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means that the playing field wouldn't be level mm. in that sense. So you're feeling like that would affect the, the, the diversity of the council. So there is that element. And so a, the, a conversation that I was having this weekend was just about that. Okay, so if we're saying that we don't have in our personal wheelhouse enough relationships to be able 
to reach people to fundraise, then you need to expand your relationships. Then you can't just say my little nucleus is going to be enough to get me in. Now, that is the case now because some people don't fundraise at all. Um, And then others are raising six figures for one district. And some people raise like $3,000. And I'm like, I don't know how you pulled that off, but okay. Um, So it's about the effort that you put in. It means you're going to have to shift priorities. It means you're going to have to expand your network, right? That's how you build something successful. You don't just rely on the same old, same old. Now, the state assembly is spearheading this move, and you all have experience as council members dealing with state lawmakers. So how do you feel? about future relations between Metro Council and the state legislature. I want to get all three of you to answer. Emily, we'll start with you. Um, I think the relationship, it's unfortunate in many ways uh, because it is acrimonious. I thought the council's rejection of a convention, since we hosted the NRA a few years earlier, came across as childish and petty to somebody who's just a voter. You know, just now, I'm just a private citizen. I'm like, really? You know, there are people sitting, living on street corners in this town, and that's where we're going to spend our floor time, um, especially since the NRA was here. So so I think that a lot of maturity on both sides would be a very good thing and focus on the issues, focus on the facts, and stop the whole emo thing that, that we seem to have going on. Bob? Yeah, yeah, Council Member Evans and I are very different views on that. Um, You know, we get we we had an inclusionary zoning thing for affordable housing that our Chamber of Commerce supported and the state preempted us. Three quarters of the guns that gets stolen in Nashville are stolen out of cars after the state changed the law over the objection of local law enforcement. Um, the Republican convention that we said no to, we're literally two years out from a riot on January 6th, and we're a couple weeks out from the Republicans not being able to figure out who can even be Speaker of the House. There will be an unprecedented security lockdown in Nashville. And why would we invite that upon ourselves? That's why we said no. Um, you know, it's sitting in a bubble in West Mead and representing 135th of the county um, doesn't provide a viewpoint that reflects the entire county. And we got overwhelming response from the community to not support the Republican convention coming to town. And that's why we did it, not for childish political theater. We get punished as a city by the supermajority, whether we're good, bad, or otherwise. And so my view is we should run the city in the best interest of the citizens of Davidson County, all of them, not just the very serious ones and the very qualified ones, but everybody. And um, and the state will do whatever the state does. And if they want to talk about it, they know where to find us. But by and large, as long as there's a supermajority and as long as they got primaries every two years in the state house, um, they're going to beat up on Nashville on a regular basis so they can feed it to the primary machine back in their local elections. And so the best we can do is run the city in the best interest of Nashville, and they'll make whatever rules they make at the state level. Joy, I've got about 30 seconds. Final word to you. So... It, it wasn't an emo move, I will say, and I, I can understand your perspective on that. The concern to Councilmember Mendez's point was security. And while there may have been an NRA conference here before, we didn't have the circumstances of, of racial unrest 
that we have right now. And frankly, without a doubt, like I know my own name to be Joy Elizabeth Stiles, if we had allowed that convention to come here, it would have been bedlam in the streets. And MMPD, which is already short staffed, would have been very overwhelmed. We would have been getting constituent phone calls and emails about what they were seeing, what what they were being called or and and it's too much drama. I mean, some of the emails we received from people outside of our county to tell us to hold this thing. I mean, we were called, don't be a pink hat wearing blah, 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 mm. uh, and just host the damn thing. And I said, well, that just changed my mind. I guess we should vote yes. Mm. If you're going to come to town, yay. What could be better? So those are my thoughts. That is Metro Council Member Joy Stiles and of Nashville's 32nd District. She was joined by council member at large, Bob Evans, and former Metro Council member, Bob Mendez, pardon me, and former Metro Council member, Emily Evans. I want to thank you all for being with us today and thank you for sharing your perspectives. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn more about the history of our Metro Council. How exactly did we end up with a 40-member council anyway? How is having less council members, how, how will that affect you? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We've been talking this hour about our Metro Council and its potential future of this 40-member body. Now that a bill introduced at the state level would cut that number in half to 20, the council was formed when Nashville city government merged with Davidson County to form Metro 60 years ago. Now let's learn a little bit more about the history of our Metro Council. Nashville ranks 20 as the 25th largest city in the United States. So how did we end up with the third largest city council in the country? To get a better sense of that, I'd like to introduce my next guests. Ed Kendall is a former District 21 Metro Council member, and David Briley is the former mayor and vice mayor and current Davidson County Circuit Court Judge. Ed, David, thank you for joining us and welcome to This is Nashville. Good to be here today. Um, yeah, I, I hope Ed's here with us, too. I hope Ed's here with us. We'll make sure that he's on the line. It's really good to have you both with us. So, you know, before we dig into the history, I'd really like to hear your reactions to the idea of shrinking the council. Ed, do you think a smaller council would be more effective? Okay, let me let me ask that question of you, David. Do you think it would be more effective to have a smaller council? Well, I'm a little bit limited in terms of what I can say on that because I'm a judge now. But let me, what I would say is that uh, there's no right number. That's uh, one of the few things that uh, former Council Lady Evans said that I agree with. Um, and it's just a, it, it's um, the size is going to have an impact. And so one of the great things about having 35 district council members is that um, if there's a land use issue, which is one of the predominant things that the district council members handle, um, they are very responsive to their constituents. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the 35-member district has lasted as long as it has. People have gotten used to being responded to on land use issues, and uh, they don't want to lose that uh, responsiveness. Mm. Now, we do have former council member Ed Kendall with us. Ed, what do you think about a smaller council? Would that be more effective? 
Well, I have I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, when I say I think uh, Council Lady Evans made the point that all districts are not the same. The district I served, 21st District, when I was on the council, was a very needful district. It had been ignored for many, many years. And there were, there were so many needs that it was, I mean, it was a, a tremendous job just dealing with constituents, developers. And it's also a district that uh, uh, has seen a lot of gentrification, a lot of land development, as uh, uh, Mayor Briley just mentioned, or Judge Briley. Uh, it is a tough district, uh, unlike maybe the district at Miss Evans' uh, service, which is, is is a more privileged district, I think. Okay, now going uh, going so that makes a big difference. Going back in time now, Ed, take us back to Nashville in 1962. The city was voting to consolidate the county and city governments. Where were you at that time? Oh, I was a, a young man, just in uh, senior in high school at the time. But I kept up pretty much with uh, what was going on in the uh, uh, public arena. Uh, what had happened was, uh, of course, there was a, a nasty fight, uh, the banner in the Tennessee and, of course, uh, uh, Judge Briley and Ben West, who was the city judge, I mean, city mayor at that time, um, uh, Ben West opposed the... Uh, consolidation and uh, uh, Mayor Briley, well, Judge Briley at the time, he he was in support of it. Uh, also in the African-American community, you had two council members who were on the city council at that time, and that was Z. Alexander Luby and Robert Lillard. Uh, both of them were interested, of course, in maintaining the progress and, that, that African-Americans or Blacks had made uh, during that time in the in the city, and they wanted to ensure that 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 continued, but they were on opposite sides uh, of this issue of uh, consolidation. Um, Alexander Luby was in support of it, and uh, Bob Lillard was opposed to it, mm-hmm. and for for different reasons. Uh, Alexander Luby felt that the consolidation would provide more opportunities for African-Americans in terms of jobs and other opportunities. And he also felt that if the city kept annexing uh, parts of the city, then whites would be uh, in much larger numbers, which would decrease the influence of of blacks in the political arena. I I do want to get to that in a second. But, David, I want to ask people this, you know. You have a little bit of a personal connection. People have heard Judge Briley. That's a different Judge Briley. We're talking about Beverly Briley, your grandfather, who was a county judge at the time. You know, do you you have an understanding of why your granddad thought it was so necessary to combine the government? Well, I've read a fair amount about it and talked to a fair number of people about it. I never got a chance to talk to my grandfather about it because I was 16 when he passed away. But... um, you know, there were a lot of different uh, trends, a lot of different things going on at the same time in the 50s in Nashville. There was the civil rights movement. There was the greatest generation coming home from the war and wanting to take power. Uh, there was the end of a period of uh, boss politics. Nash- uh, Davidson County had had the same judge for 30 years. Boss Crump was in Memphis controlling the entire state for some period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, the automobile was becoming more prevalent, so this, we were su- uh, suburbanizing. 
Um, and even more critically, at that moment in time, um, the city was going out and annexing part of the county into the city and providing no additional services. And so everybody was concerned about that. Um, it was um, one of the main reasons for the that the consolidation ultimately passed, I think. In 1958, there was a, a first vote on the consolidation that included 21 council members. Mm -hmm. And then four years later, there was a second vote that had the, the current 40 council members. Um, I, I think the one change that has been criticized the most, uh, I think rightly, uh, was the at-large members of the new 40 uh, body because it took literally from 1963 to 1999 for a minority to be elected countywide to one of those spots. Now, since then, we've been pretty lucky that we've actually had adequate or exceeded adequate representation in, that, in, that, in the at-large since then. Now, Mansfield Douglas was a black Nashville native who would eventually go on to be a council member. But in an oral history, he expressed his reservations about the combined government. Let's take a quick listen. Quite frankly, I never really did have a lot of enthusiasm um, for consolidating the government because uh, it would diminish uh, the percentage of the minority population. Now, Ed. You know, listening to that clip and then also hearing what David just said about the at-large council seats there, what were the dynamics of that, the establishment of at-large council seats, given the fact that African-Americans weren't very well represented at the time? Well, I think Councilman Evans mentioned earlier that that was put in the charter uh, really to uh, kind of discriminate against uh, blacks. I, in 1995, I ran for that seat and got into the runoff. I think I might have been the first one to get into the runoff for council at large, and of course I didn't win. And later, uh, Howard Gentry uh, became the first uh, elected uh, member of the, as a councilman at large. So, you know, I, there's always been concern. In fact, right when I lost, uh, I think Richard Dinkins and some others were thinking about bringing a federal lawsuit to try to, to change, that, uh, change that picture. David? Yeah. Out of 35 council members that came, the Z. Alexander Luby, I think, probably deserves the most credit for, for that happening. Uh, he was a member of the Charter Committee along with uh, another African-American, uh, George Meadows, Dr. George Meadows, and Z. Alexander Luby fought very hard to ensure that African-Americans were represented because of the demographics of the city, and they were able to uh, elect uh, uh, six African-Americans in that first uh, council of the Metropolitan Government, uh, and that probably wouldn't have happened had he not just insisted that on that uh, charter commission. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, I think Councilman Kendall is on the mark on that. And, uh, you know, there's just like there's no right answer to what the council size should be. They're just consequences of different sizes. There's no single reason we ended up like we are. I mean, there were a lot of different competing uh, factions. There were um, from afar going from 21 to 35 um, to me is like musical chairs you know mm -hmm. they did they just didn't have enough chairs at the end of the song so if they put 
15 more chairs out there, they were going to get 15 more people willing to play the game, 15 mm-hmm. more people willing to support the merger because they would have a spot when the when the music stopped. And so uh, I, I think they're, everybody's going to have their own perspective on why we ended up like we are. Uh, and uh, and a lot, most of it's going to be true. There, you can have different truths out of this. Um, I think the most important thing for the city at this point, point as if, because we may end up with fewer, um, is to start thinking about what the consequences of having fewer are and starting to look at the charter and see um, how we need to change it. One example is, I mean, folks talk about the charter, about the council not being powerful enough. Well, one example of how the mayor gets her or his power um, has nothing to do with the size. The mayor proposes a budget in May, if the council does not adopt its own budget by the end of June, the mayor's budget becomes law. That puts a whole lot of power in the mayor's hands. Um, and if the council wants more power, that's something to consider mm-hmm. um, more than the size. Um, because uh, I think Council Lady Styles talked about the fact that you'd have to raise a lot more money um, if you had b- bigger districts. That's true. And I think that's something that folks ought to consider. Do you want to have... Um, um, money play a bigger role. Well, maybe the trade-off is that you have a bigger staff and you have people with more, you have uh, um, people who have more time to commit to to the council if you have a smaller number. It's really about what the consequences are. I don't think there's a right number. There's not a wrong number. Nashville's proved over the last, I don't know, since 1999, since term limits, that um, it will elect a diverse group of people that represent uh, all of the residents in Nashville. I wish we had a little bit more time because there's a few more questions I'd love to ask you, but we've got to go. That is former mayor, former vice mayor, and current Davidson County Circuit Court Judge David Briley. He was joined by former Metro Council member and author of A Walk Down Historic Jefferson Street, Ed Kendall. I want to thank you both for being with us. Really appreciate it. We want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour. If you're interested in learning more about the Metro Consolidation, check out WPLN reporter Ambriel Crutchfield's Curious Nashville episode. We have a link to it on this post on this episode's blog. Tomorrow, we're going to explore how people who are unhoused in permanent housing, how we get them in permanent housing, what's working, what's not, and where are the fixes. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, Magnolia McKay. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos-Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tudhope. As always, you can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to Dr. LaRotha Williams. Conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville and find us on Instagram and let us know what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.